0: I'm Natalia Loback, and this is Change Course. For the newbies, knowing me, knowing you. This is the final episode in our For the Newbies series. If you're just joining us for the first time today, check out the last three episodes in this series, starting with the name of the game, another town, another train, when all is said and done, and today's knowing me, knowing you. In this final episode, I'd like to talk a little bit about one of the challenges personally for me that I find in doing this work. As I mentioned in one of the previous episodes, When I'm getting calls to come in and help with a change initiative, I've got to be honest, usually it's the organizations who really need help who call me. The ones who do change really, really well don't need my help. They're already doing it. They know what they're doing. They're doing a great job. But the ones who really do need help, that's who I get the calls from. And typically, These organizations are struggling or have struggled with change. So when I step into an organization like this, I do spend quite a bit of time at the beginning figuring out what makes the organization tick and what is good, but then also what is challenging about the culture that I'm walking into. change from the perspective of the change manager is very external focused. We're always thinking about the leaders, the stakeholders, the people, the change. And oftentimes, this work can be very heavy and very emotional. Emotions are a part of change. And when change is happening to you so if there is a leader who's leading change in that organization and they need to make changes in process in people in teams in structure in whatever the people who are experiencing that change have the experience of change happening to them and for those of us who have had this happen in our lives, and everybody has an experience of when change has happened to them. You feel vulnerable, you feel a loss of control. And many negative emotions can bubble up. When I'm working through change with organizations, I always see negative emotions. And those negative emotions can be directed at leadership, they can be directed externally, they can also be directed at you, the change manager. Often you're a new face that's come in, people don't trust you, they don't know you. And you can in some ways become a receptacle or conduit for that negativity and those negative emotions. Those negative emotions are just emotions. They're, you know, neither good nor bad. They speak to the reactions and responses that people are having and they're valid and they're real. But the key thing that I've had to learn as a change manager coming into these difficult situations is that I also need to build in time and space so that I can make sure that my own emotional state is aligned and functional such that I'm bringing my best self to the organization. So what does that look like? Well, a lot of times change managers and project managers are kind of put together and paired together. And so there is a focus on delivery, there is a focus on productivity. And As a change manager, my advice to you as a newbie coming in is make sure that you know for your own self how well you manage your own emotions. And if you have areas that are difficult for you, that you know what your go-to coping strategies and mechanisms are. The example that I'm going to talk about was very painful and uncomfortable for me. A few years ago, I was working with an organization through a very contentious and difficult change. And there were several of the key stakeholders that held a lot of influence and referential power within the organization. And these individuals were highly resistant and highly opposed to the change that was coming in. And in one of the discussions, one of the individuals got extremely heated and angry and uncharacteristic to our relationship and who the person was, became very verbally aggressive in the discussion and directed a number of very negative comments towards me in front of a group of people. This is one example of something that can happen. There can also be, depending on the culture of the organization, backstabbing, gossip, you know, rumors, all of that. The key thing is that when those things happen, that first of all, you are centered and grounded such that it does not become an interaction between two people that then escalates, that your response to that interaction doesn't fuel it further. Or, as some have said, pour gasoline onto the fire. And so in that situation, what... I did. In fact, I was almost too stunned to speak, which was probably for the best. I was quite emotionally rattled myself. And I knew in my own, you know, with my own knowledge of myself that I wasn't going to be able to continue the meeting, I wasn't going to be able to continue leading that conversation. And so I excused myself. And I asked that If the team wanted to remain and continue using the time for something else or conversing, that they could choose to do so, but that my portion of the meeting was finished. It's really important that when those incidents or instances happen, that you know what your own limit is and that you can recuse yourself from that interaction and recover. To be quite honest, a recovery is necessary. And time away and time for that recovery and having the tools to be able to recover from that is paramount. It's really important. Because as a change manager with the most contentious changes, you will be facing negative emotions on a regular basis, if not every day. For following up on a organizational restructuring, we did in-person focus groups for the span of three weeks. And every day we met with people who were unhappy and dealing with difficult emotions through that change. And I sat with them and listened and held space and summarized and in some cases, problem solved and made, great progress around finding ways to see positive in the change that had happened to them. But those conversations by their nature were exhausting. They were emotionally exhausting. And holding space for people in those types of situations is not easy. So my best advice Even after all of the technical things, even after, you know, a stellar change management plan, delivery, implementation, and all of that, the key is it's a marathon and not a sprint. So figure out what works for you to recover, to center yourself emotionally, such that when these things happen, that you are not being blown off course, that you are able to continue to redirect the conversation That after an emotional, a heightened emotional interaction, you're able to let the other person cool down and then pick up the conversation later. Sometimes there can be emotions like shame that accompany when a person shows their vulnerability. When a person becomes emotionally heightened in an interaction, there can be shame that comes along with that. It's your job to bridge that gap as the change manager, and it's your job to not let that fluster you. So figure out what works, whether it's quiet contemplation, listening to music, exercise, uh, breath work, yoga, whatever it is, figure out what works for you. It's paramount and it will make you a more successful change leader. There are some great resources in a book called Burnout, um, which I'm going to link in the show notes. I have read this book multiple times. Um, there's also an excellent podcast um, with the authors and Brene Brown. I'll link that one as well. I have listened to that probably about four or five times. And thinking about how I respond and recover from these stressful experiences has actually helped me become a more grounded and steady and constant change leader because your role as the change leader is to really remain neutral. You can't get involved in people's emotions. You've got to find a way to move through that. You have to help them if you must. And so Being that person and finding that role, but then also making sure that you're taking care of your own emotional work is really, really important. So this wraps up the fourth in our four episode series for the newbies. Definitely if, uh, if you haven't go back and listen to the other three and, um, There are going to be some changes coming to ConnectedChange.com. We're going to be launching our new site and um, we will let you know, you will be the first to know about when that is happening and how that is happening. And we'll also let you know about some of the resources that are going to become available to our early adopters. So be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, be sure to follow us um, wherever we're active. We've got Instagram up and running now as well. And we hope to see you out there and look forward to interacting with you. For bonus points, I had a little fun over the last four episodes and chose episode titles that are actually song titles from one of my favorite bands of all time. And so bonus points for you if you guessed who it was. And uh, if you think you know, and I think the um, the last episode really gives it away, uh, drop the name of the band in the comments and um, I'll let you know if you were right. Thanks again for listening. And we look forward to interacting with you on the upcoming ConnectedChange.com and finding ways to help you become a better change manager and change leader. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, I invite you to like, share, rate, and subscribe because it helps others find us. You can find our show notes on our website at www.charthouse.ca where each episode has a page under the Change Course podcast. So anything that I referenced in today's episode will be posted there so you can find it. While you're visiting us, sign up for the Change Navigator newsletter. You'll get a monthly dispatch of all things change, what we're working on, and our latest research. Our music is Levity by Emily Classic. Change Course is available wherever you listen to podcasts. We also have an accessible version on YouTube with fully edited captions. You can find the link to our YouTube channel in the show notes. Thank you again for listening, and remember, it's never too late to change course.